welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. So you know we talked about um, finding a quiet place or finding a, uh, yeah, finding a quiet place and we talked about the things that can distract us. So there's the practical things that can distract us. But one of the things that I really wanted to kind of talk about is the kind of spiritual or religious things that can distract us and how do you deal with those so I, I talked a little bit about the fact that when you quieten down to listen to God quite often you get this whole list in your mind of you know I've got to do my this work I've got to remember to phone somebody I've got to do this and I've got to do that and you can um, I mean find a practical way of doing that but my practical way of doing that is not to feel that that is separation between me and God, but that is in a way Holy Spirit saying, I know this is going to be an issue to you. So I just say, thanks for reminding me, write it down, forget about it. So so rather than just thinking, oh, I'm just such an unholy person, I've come to God and all I can think about is doing the grocery shopping or whatever, just kind of take it as, it is going to take me a little while to settle down um, and I'm just going to think, rather than dwell in that place every time something comes up just say yeah got to do the shopping if you need to write it down write it down if you can just you know put it in a compartment in your head then put it in a compartment in your head um but then there's this other aspect that we didn't really talk about about what about the feelings of guilt what about the feelings of condemnation what about um you just had an argument with your wife, you just had an argument with your best friend, you just, you know, you just did this, you just did that habitual sin once again and, you know, you're so disgusting or whatever it is that your condemnatory life tells you. Um, because if you're living in that place, then how do you deal with that? How do you deal with the, who do you think you are? God's not going to speak to you. How do, you, how do you deal with, uh, um, you know, just look at your life, look what you've been doing this week. And if you dwell in that place, I would say it's really quite hard to hear God's voice because you've got a massive filter, like Paula Jane was talking about this morning. You know, you've got a, you know, you, you are approaching God through this kind of veil or filter of, of something so I just wanted to think a little bit about um, that because I've really changed the approach that I I used to have because what I would have you what I would have done in the past is I would have said yeah yeah you're right you're right I am a whatever I did do that I did do that I didn't do that and I might have done a little bit of the repenting in the old-fashioned way of trying to beat myself up about it and try and feel sorry enough and get to the point of you know being right with God and and um, if you're not careful I, I used to spend ages I used to spend if what years ago if, if ever we had say corporate worship I would probably spend the first half an hour to three quarters of an hour of it trying to sort myself out trying to make myself worthy to worship God trying to get right with God, trying to get rid of all the rubbish, trying to, you know, to get to a point where I was worthy to worship God. And um, 
maybe I was just a bit of a, you know, sin-conscious person. Uh, but actually we were taught it. We were taught that, you know, you've got to get right with God. You've got to to repent you've got to do all these things so usually by the time I'd got to the point where I felt felt worthy to approach God and worship him okay we're talking about approaching God to hear him but it's basically the same thing uh, worship's over and it's time for you know it's time to move on and so I think most of us spent most of Sunday morning not actually really worshiping God but just trying to get to a position where we felt a bit better about ourselves and um and so I don't do that anymore. So I used to do that when I was trying to listen to God, you know, right, okay, I'm going to spend this whole time trying to... And it sounds holy, but, you know, if you're out on the street and somebody needs something now, you don't have time to spend three quarters of an hour repenting and getting out of your so-called sin or whatever. Uh, it's really interesting. There's this passage in the scripture where Jesus has been up on the Mount of Transfiguration and... The disciples have been doing the stuff because they've got power. And um, this uh, guy with an epileptic boy uh, comes and asks the disciples to heal him. And they couldn't do it. So when Jesus came back down from the mountain, um, the, the father goes to Jesus and says, uh, you know, that your disciples couldn't heal my boy. Can you heal him? And Jesus heals them. And there's a whole story in that. And we will talk about it. But then there's this little phrase that Jesus says, and he says, this type doesn't come out except through prayer and fasting, talking about a demon. But Jesus didn't go off and fast and then come back and heal the, the boy. Now, that fasting has got nothing to do with the healing that Jesus did. But the point I'm making is our hearing of God has to be instant. We, we don't have the luxury of... of uh, living in this life where we are always trying to get right with God and I, I've completely cut it all out to be honest and the reason I've cut it all out is because I am right with God uh, and that's the end of the story so I'm right with God now I'll be right with God in a minute's time I'll be right with God tomorrow morning I will be right with God for eternity whatever I do so that there is nothing in me that makes me unworthy to hear God's voice. And therefore, I don't have to spend any time whatsoever in my approach to God trying to get worthy to hear his voice. However, most of us have a conscience which has not yet come in line with the truth of who we are or we have had life experiences of, I don't know what your parents did when you did things wrong, but some people have lived in this environment where the punishment was associated with doing wrong or condemnation was associated with doing wrong. And we find it really hard, many of us, to believe that we are righteous. And it's not New Creation Week. It's not, you know, you'll learn much more about this in the weeks to come. But what, what I've learned to do when I'm dealing with issues of guilt and condemnation, when, it, when that comes to that quiet time of coming before God is, there are times you have to say sorry. Okay? That's not because it's a holy religious thing to do and that God will only listen to you if you say sorry, but sometimes, you know, you just think, God, I'm really sorry that I'm in this situation again. 
I'm not saying sorry to get him to forgive me because I'm already forgiven. But sometimes there is that point of just saying, I don't want to, I don't want to be like this. This isn't who I really am. Okay, but that takes 10 seconds, okay? Literally, if you have to do it at all. But what I've learned to do is rather than forever believe in this separation and I'm trying to get to God and there's these processes of trying to get to God so I can finally hear him. What I've realized is to do what I would call live by faith. And this is what I would call live by faith is. And that is to just remind myself and my guilty conscience, if I've got one, um, who I really am. So when this little voice says, you know what? You know, you know what you really did today. You know, you know the way you thought about that. You know, and, and what I do know is I speak the truth. And the truth is I'm forgiven of that. And I'm not forgiven of that because I've repented of it. I'm not forgiven of that because I remembered that sin and confessed it. I'm forgiven about it because I'm forgiven. I stand forgiven. And that has got nothing to do with me. There's nothing I can do to get forgiven. And so it becomes a point of a faith statement. And I tell you, it shuts down that rubbish faster than anything else. Because the more you try and dig up your sin and try and find something to confess and repent, the more you spend your whole life focusing. And it's back to what Paula Jane was saying. What, what are you focusing on? And, and basically, as long and as much time as you spend focusing on yourself and your ability you are outside of the grace of God because the grace of God is his ability, not your ability. And we, we can't, it's just such a shift in our upbringing for so many of us. But it works. And living in self-condemnation and guilt is a religious thing, but it is not the freedom that Jesus died for us to live in. And so... One of the ways that I would deal with that is just speak the truth. Now, you might think that's not the truth. I have sinned this week. I have disappointed myself. I have hurt other people. And I'm not saying you haven't. I'm not saying we live in, in unreality of that. But what I'm saying is there's only one way to deal with that behavior. And that is to speak the truth about who you are and confess the truth about how God is. Not trying to try and get better. Christianity is not a getting better program. It's not a doing better every week. Christianity is a, this is the truth of who Jesus has made me to be and who I am. And I will live in that reality, no matter what I see. And the more I live in that reality, the more my behavior comes in line with the reality of who I am. So it sounds like nothing different to what we've always been saying, but it's profoundly the other way around. So if you're, it's a bit difficult because we've not taught you this and yet I'm telling you how to deal with it. But if, if one of the biggest issues you have coming before God, and, and it's the biggest, a big issue that many of us have because, if, you know, we have these little self-condemnatory voices in our head. We have this little running commentary on our head. Um, I, I personally do believe in the demonic and demonic thoughts can come into your head and it's usually condemnatory. It's usually... You know, you've done that wrong. And I'm not saying it's always the devil, but, I'm, you know, there is an enemy of our soul that is coming against undermining the truth of who we are. And so you can hear these little voices, if you want to say, internal voices that just start undermining you. Who do you think you are? You know, remember what you did? 
remember how you hurt that person, remember this, remember that. So in that situation, I would say, number one, do what is necessary. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But the biggest, the biggest kind of stance that I would suggest you take in, in your headspace and in the spirit is, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am righteous. When God is looking at me, he is not seeing me, it, my sin in any form at all. He just doesn't see it. So when we come to God and say, I feel so unworthy and I'm really sorry and I know you're not going to talk to me and I've done this again, God in one way is like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I've got loads of stuff to say to you. I don't really know what you're talking about. Okay, it's a bit simplistic, but there is a truth of that. So going back one step, there are some things we have to do. And if you are coming before God, say, in soaking or something like that, setting aside time, and you have an issue with somebody, I will guarantee you at that moment you will start off with, yeah, he said that, she said this, and I can't stand the way she did that. And, and you know, on and on and on it goes, unless you're very, very uh, different people. <laughs> but that's how it works, isn't it? We just start meditating because God made us to be amazing meditators. So if you think you can't meditate, you really can. Um, but most of us are expert at meditating on stuff other than God. We like meditating on the wrongs done to us or the offences that we carry or whatever because we are made to meditate. And so actually we are natural meditators, but a lot of us have learnt to meditate on what is not so good. Sometimes you just have to settle it and forgive the person and release them from whatever judgments you have made on them. And if, if you're honestly struggling with that, um, my advice is don't struggle with it. Just forgive them. Now, I know that's simple and simplistic. But at the end of the day, if you want freedom, you will forgive them. And to be honest, you can wait 20 years to do that or you can do it today. And, and I, I'm being very simplistic and we provide you with loads of opportunities for healing ministry. And I know it's not easy sometimes, but... Really, the bottom line is it's forgiveness. So what I'm saying is if you are struggling, especially in soaking times or times when we, Paula Jane's going to talk about journaling, you know, times where we just want to say, God, I'm here and I really want to enjoy your presence. And I know you're with me. I'm not trying to find you. But, but one of these things that can come in, in between and just take, take over our thought life. And... Um, just give people the gift of forgiveness and release them. And that is a real key to hearing God really clearly and hearing what he's saying. Um, so I, I thought I hadn't quite covered that quite well enough the other day. Um, has anybody got anything to add or...? Well, I think that's a really important point. 
I'm just going to repeat for the tape, but this is this issue of you saying you've forgiven. And then it comes back again. And I think it always comes back again. And I think there's two issues there. One is sometimes you just have to forgive again. It might be a different aspect. It might be that you've taken back on board a judgment. So you have, I mean, basically we make judgments on people and that's why we hold them in unforgiveness. And sometimes you actually have taken it back on board. So I think there is this process of forgiveness that takes more than just doing it once. But what, I would, what I've learned to do in that situation is um, the same stance of faith where the voice comes in and starts off. Yeah, remember how they hurt you. I just say, that's forgiven. And cut it off rather than entertain the thing. Now, Paula Jane, you probably, can probably speak for a few hours on forgiveness and maybe she will just add to it because I know she can teach this better than I can. But it's a two-way thing. One is it is a process and it is forgiven, but sometimes we have to forgive again. But from our faith stance and from our, our don't get undermined and intimidated by this voice that says, you've not really forgiven, have you? At that point, I would say, shut up, I have forgiven. It is forgiven. It doesn't stop the recurrence of the hurt and the, and the reliving of the hurt. But our faith is by, not by sight. It's, it's, by, it's what is unseen. So we have made that choice to forgive and therefore we forgive. And, and therefore when we deal with all these voices, if you want to call it that, and the hurt, the response, I think, should be that is forgiven. Confess it. Remind yourself. Remind the person. Remind everything that is forgiven rather than start agreeing because as long as you start agreeing with the condemnation, you're back to square one. You're back in the bondage of unforgiveness, even though you have forgiven. But forgiveness is a process. Do you want to say something? Sometimes when, when we're forgiving, um, we can just... So I, I forgive them for, I don't know, let's say... Actually, let me just tell you a little story. It's a bit of a funny story. Um, it was when, when I was an intern in Toronto... Um, part of my job was to help run the prayer ministry team during conferences and there would be like 4,000 or so people and, and I helped to plan and organise the, the team. Um, and one particular morning, um, we, oh, and because I was the person who was helping to organise it, I actually got a seat on the second row with my name on. Um, this is my seat because I needed to be near the front so I could get up and organise it. So... So there's my seat with my name on, um, and I'd taken my cardigan, popped it on the seat, and, and my stuff's on the floor, etc. During the worship, they made an altar call, and a whole bunch of people came forward, and so I'm out there getting the team ready. And, um, but because it was a morning session, they were, the building wasn't full, so they said to people, come forward and you know just fill the seats in at the front. So they all came forward, but but like... This woman came and sat in my seat. And what was really annoying is that I knew the woman. The woman was part of the church, and she knew my role. She knew I was there. She knew that Matt was my name, and she knew that that was my seat. She came and sat in it. 
So when worship was finished and I finished ministering, I turned around and she sat in my seat. So I just said to her, oh, excuse me, that, that's my seat. She refused to move. I turned to the, the security guy who was, I'm like, she's in my seat and he's like, kind of not me to deal with and, and sort of walked off. And I'm like, well, that's my seat, right? My seat. Um, so I was kind of a bit floored by this. And um, there's a, a row uh, behind where I sat that was reserved for ministry team. And one of the, the team members said, you sit in mine and went up. And uh, so I said, well, I, I just need my stuff. Anyway, she handed my stuff. She'd sat on my cardigan and crumpled up my cardigan. And, and I was just like... <laughs> Right? This is really irritating. Um, so, so then I, I'm sat behind her then, directly behind her. And the preacher's by this point got up and he's you know, preaching eloquently. I have absolutely no idea what he was talking about because all I could think about was, she's just taken my seat. She knows who I am. She knows my role. She knows my name. She's taken my seat, you see. And, and I'm just sat there going, mm. and another member of the ministry team came over to me. She's like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. She's, are you sure? I said, I said, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. And she looked at me, she says, actually, it does matter. Right? It mattered, right? The seat didn't matter. But what really mattered was what hurt, okay? The action wasn't just that she took my seat. Behind that was the dishonor. She dishonored me. She dishonoured my role. She belittled me, and and just to see to see what so, so that was what was the arrow that went in my heart, as it were. Now it wasn't a big deal, and I know you know when we, we go through life, things happen, and it's way more than someone nicking your chair, you know, during a conference. But but what I needed to do was forgive her, but not necessarily just because she took my seat. It went a bit deeper than that. I'm forgiving you because of the of of you undermining me. You don't you, you don't you haven't honoured me. You have belittled me. You've in front of my team. You you know all those things, and it was that that needed forgiven. And so sometimes when we come to forgive, the reason sometimes we find it hard and it keeps coming back is because we haven't actually gotten round to forgiving what really hurt and often it's it's not the action it's what was behind the action and so sometimes it's just a case of actually forgiving what really happened if that makes sense so so it's just and and sometimes even talking to God about it you know I'm choosing to forgive like like Rebecca said forgiveness is a choice not a feeling so I choose to forgive yeah I choose to forgive your action but I'm also forgiving the fact that you undermined me, that you dishonoured me, and, and the consequence of that's had on my heart right now, I'm forgiving that. And, and just let it out. Let it all out. Let... Well, yeah. I mean, you don't have... I'm not talking about digging and, and taking hours on it, but just maybe take a moment to think, well, what am I forgiving? And, and what's really hurting? And just like, I choose to forgive you for dishonouring me and for, for, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then, then, like Rebecca said, you don't have to dwell on it forever, you know. Like, but but it's a choice, it's a decision, and and you just let it out. And sometimes I find it 
helpful to just dig out a little bit deeper and what am I forgiving? Um, if, that, if that makes sense. The interesting thing was, just to finish off the story, that night um, we, we had this policy that because like, there's like loads and loads of people needing prayer, um, we would just literally systematically go down the line um, so that nobody got missed out. Um, in prayer and often most people in Toronto they would all want prayer so there'd be thousands and so we'd be going down the line and, and I'm going down this line and the next thing I'm stood in front of this woman <laughs> and I had to pray for her I had to minister to her and I let the Holy Spirit um, but fortunately I just exactly <laughs> you pitch my stare no but but <laughs> they wouldn't have noticed probably no it's like yeah no actually because I'd sat behind her and actually um, made that decision, I choose to forgive you for dishonouring me. When I got to her, it was fine. I was fine. I was able to pray. And, and she did actually fall over in the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and God, hopefully, with massive blessing on her. But you, do you see what I'm saying? It's, yeah. Excellent. Okay, so that I just felt that I hadn't quite covered that quite enough. And then I wanted to bring up another topic. So draw a line, new topic. Um, it was something I was thinking about last night, and I think we, we probably do need to address it because we're talking about hearing God, and we're talking about hearing God in the small things. I mean, sometimes God just says, I really love you. I like your hair, whatever he says, you know. And that's, that's amazing. But sometimes we do really want to hear God for our life decisions. And um, part of what we're talking about is, you know, keys for hearing God about life decisions. And as I already said, I think actually a lot of our life decisions, God's answer is, what would you like to do? And the answer is, that's a great idea. I'm with you all the way. So I don't, I, I'm kind of off the idea that God has just one perfect plan for our lives that aside what I want to just open up maybe chat talk about a bit is we sometimes have this idea that and I think it's based on an old testament kind of understanding because in the old testament God dealt with his people uh, at their request by law for a period of time um, so for about 2,000 years ago, years of time, uh, the Israelites said to God, just tell us what to do and we'll do it. They, that's how they wanted to relate to God. And God said, well, okay then, this is what you have to do. If you want to relate to me on what you do, then this is how it works. And it's not a great system, okay? It's called the law. And um, so one of the ideas behind the law was if you obey things will work out well. And if you don't obey, things will not work out well. So if you want, want to read Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 28, there's a whole whole passage of blessing and cursing. So If you obey, if you obey, if you obey, blessing, blessing, blessing. If you disobey, curse, 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 curse. And the curses are really terrible. Deuteronomy. Is it Deuteronomy? The fifth book of the Bible. Fifth book of Moses. Anyway, so. Yeah. 
Deuteronomy. Uh, is it called the second telling or something? I don't know if it's the fifth book of Moses. Fifth book of Moses. Ah, okay. So, um, if you've been in church for any length of time or any traditional church, you will end up with this kind of idea in the back of your mind that if things go wrong in your life, somewhere along the line you didn't obey God or somewhere along the line you kind of made the wrong choice and and therefore if you have heard God you you will live happily ever after and we might not believe that you might say oh no I don't believe that but there's something in a lot in most of us that if something goes wrong our default is where has where have things gone wrong where did i miss it where did i get outside of god's will and and sometimes we've got this idea that god's will is living happily ever after now i want to be really careful here because i don't want to preach a gospel that you know an, an, another type of gospel but life is life you know and we live in a community of people who all have a free will and therefore we live in the consequence of community and free will so uh, uh, you know just just an example not picking on anybody I don't know everybody's history and whatever say you pray and pray and pray and pray about who you're going to marry and you know you you eventually decide God has said marry this person and then don't know. What about if four years down the line this person decides they're not interested in God anymore and they want to go off and live a certain lifestyle or do whatever they want to do? Okay. What does that mean? Does that mean you didn't hear God? Did it mean you married the wrong person? It means they had free will and they made a choice and as, you know, talking to Andy and Sharon about this about somebody um not here who had uh who had been married had a prophetic word over their life about what they would do together and now not married and what do you do with those prophetic words did God speak did you hear them did you agree with them was that God's will well yes it was and it was applicable and it wasn't that she had married the wrong person and therefore all that she'd lived her life before was because she was wrong. It was just that person has the right to say, you know what, I don't want to, not interested. I don't, I don't want that. It's not what I'm choosing for my life. So it's just one example of why we can't look at our situation and circumstances and think, I mustn't have heard God right. I can't have heard God. Because if we start doing that, we then undermine our own ability to hear God and we get scared and fearful about whether we can hear God. And And I would put in the category that we were talking about before, fear as probably the biggest problem of hearing God. Fear, I can't hear God. Fear, I'm not worthy. Fear of my own sin. Fear, I've made a mistake. Fear, 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 whatever fear it is. And I would just say to you, God's presence is never, ever, ever a fearful place. Perfect love casts out all fear. And if at any point, for any reason, you are approaching God with any type of fear, something's not right. Even if it's a fear of 
um, you know, fear of your own motivation, fear of your own ability, fear of your own ability to sin, fear of whatever. If it's any fear, then it's it's not it's not right. And I think sometimes we feed our own fear when it comes to hearing God because we look at our circumstances and think, uh, you know, look at what's happened. I mustn't have heard God. Sometimes, you know, we just make bad decisions. We are capable of making bad decisions. It's got nothing to do with God. We just made a bad decision, you know. Sometimes um, we did hear God, but, you know, someone else was a part of that and they just didn't want to be a part of it anymore. That doesn't mean to say you didn't hear God. It just means doesn't some that just didn't happen. So I think, and, and the other thing to say is we're not under the Old Testament law and God does not um, punish disobedience with cursing you. Thank God he doesn't do that. We're not in that system anymore. So I really want to kind of set you free from this idea of, well, I heard God and I really thought I heard God and I did this and things went terribly wrong. Sometimes life goes terribly wrong and that's got nothing to do with whether you've heard God or not because God promises a lot of things, but actually doesn't promise happy ever after, sorry to say, as far as I can see. And I know that sounds a really contradictory thing, because God is good. He is good. What he promises, he will never leave us or forsake us. What he promises us, we can never get outside of his grace. What he promises us is we have eternal life. What he promises us is is, is love and, and life and life abundantly. But in our life and life abundantly, sometimes things don't look great. Jesus' life didn't look great at times. You know, the night before he hung on the cross, I'm sure he was possibly thinking, did I hear him right? Is it really me? Am I really the son of... I mean, maybe he was perfect, but it doesn't look great, does it? Jesus on the cross doesn't look fantastic, but there was a guy who had lived perfectly in the will of the Father. And I think you only need to read a few stories of any missionaries going anywhere. And and I, I spent quite a long time one day crying in the bath when I was younger, <laughs> reading uh, test, um, uh, one of the uh, biographies of um, Hudson Taylor. And, you know, in those days, the, they formed this China Inland Mission and they all went out to China and it took them three or four months, I think, on the boat to go from England to China. And some of those guys died within two weeks of arriving in China of typhoid fever. And I just sat there and cried and thought, God, what a waste, what a terrible thing. And it is terrible. I'd, I would hate any of us to die of typhoid fever. You know, I'm not saying it's great, but there's loads of people who have done loads of things and, and it just doesn't look great, you know. And that's, was it, were they, didn't they hear God? Did God not tell them to go to China? I don't know whether he told them to go to China or not, but he loved the fact that they went to China to love him and serve him and... I don't think he loved the fact they died of typhoid fever, but in those days, loads of people were dying of typhoid fever and either they hadn't understood about healing or, or who knows what. But life is life and it's wonderful and it's joyous and God never leaves us and we can never be outside of that place of joy and love and his presence. But sometimes it doesn't look great. And I hope I've not just undermined the whole, you know, I hope you're not going to go into school now and think, 
But I want to knock on this head this idea of I had a bad day today. What what went wrong? I mustn't have heard God. I mustn't have prayed. Sometimes we do hear God. We are absolutely, completely obedient to His word, and things happen. We live in a we live in a world where there are laws of nature, and sometimes those laws of nature hurt. You know, if you trip over, you know, if you trip over the pavement and fall and hurt your leg. That's not because God didn't want you to walk down the pavement and you were being disobedient. It's just because we have gravity and things happen, you know. And um, that's just how it is. So it, it's not, I just want to set you free from this kind of idea that if you're doing whatever God says and you are hearing God and obeying, because we all want to obey, then things will just look rosy forevermore. And they don't always look rosy for many, many, many reasons. And maybe we can talk about it later so i'm not promising you things will go badly i'm promising you that life is life and um sometimes things are outside of our control and god this is a whole other topic god is not in control okay there's lots of things in this world that happen and it is not god's will okay so it's not all god's will what happens in this world big topic i'd love to teach on it maybe i will um, I'm going to leave it at that and leave you hanging because <laughs> it's too big and I'm not going to teach you on it. This whole idea of the sovereignty of God um, for another day. But it's just to put some things to think about because sometimes we get so confused and upset about our ability to hear God because we thought we heard God and we did something and we were obedient and then it just looks like a complete car wreck. And that might, I'm not saying the car wreck was God's will. I'm just saying it doesn't necessarily mean you didn't hear God's voice. You might have got it wrong. But if you got it wrong, then that's all right. You're allowed to make mistakes. It's not a big deal. God's much bigger than our ability to make mistakes. And you just carry on and nothing has changed, really. It's just not such a, it's not such a big deal because God doesn't have just one way for our lives. And our whole purpose in life is to find this one way and live in this, you know, tiny, narrow, narrow way. So um, maybe it's a point to ponder about over lunch and we can discuss it, but it's just wanted to bring that into the into the pot. Because we were taught in, I mean, when I was at university and went going to this other church, you know, we were taught if you're obedient to the will of God, everything will work out fine. And if some, things are not working out fine, work out where you were disobedient. Right? Don't know if any of you guys were taught that. You might not have been taught that, but you probably have this thought process that thinks, and, and it, it's just not true. Sorry. You might have been disobedient. It might not even have been disobedience, as in I decide I am not going to do what God wants me to do. And sometimes it's just we just didn't hear right. Sometimes it's we had the best intention of the work of in the world sometimes God didn't even say anything sometimes it's got nothing to do with God he just said doesn't matter do what you want to do and you do what you want to do no I don't mean do what you want to do in a kind of worldly carnal sense it's just it actually doesn't matter God doesn't have an opinion just make a choice because he has given us with with a free will and the consequence of that choice is a and if we'd have made another choice the consequence would have been b it's not right and it's not wrong. It's just we live in this complex world of many, many factors and it's just not as simple as 
you know, if you live a perfectly obedient life, nothing will ever go wrong. Um, read the Bible. David was a man after God's own heart, and he loved him. And even in the New Testament, he says, that's a man after my own heart. He had some pretty difficult things happening to him. So we just got to get over that idea. Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.